0: Welcome to Recommissioned, a bi-weekly podcast where we go back to watch Battlestar Galactica. Each week, I'm joined by my good pal Matt, who has only seen the episodes up to the one we're covering. Now, I've seen them all. And on this week, we're discussing Season 4, Episode 2, Six of One. I can't take any more loss. Your son's leaving this, me, I know it. No one's going anywhere. Okay. Here's the truth.
1: This is what's going on. You want to believe Kara.
0: You would rather be wrong about her and face your own demise than risk losing her again. You can stay in the room, but get out of my head. Alright, Mr. Anderson, I'm guessing you are not surprised that Kara or Rosalind ended up dead. I doubt the cliffhanger had you. Too concerned about either of their lives. Yeah, I didn't think it was gonna end in a, you know, a
1: horrible reservoir dog style, <laughs> bloody Mexican standoff. Quit pointing that
0: gun in my dad! <laughs> my fucking dad! I'm uh, the weird <laughs> pin brother out of the fucking blue! I fucking love that scene, it's so good. But
1: anyway, no. no, wasn't too worried about that. And boy, didn't see uh, a lot of other things that happened in this episode coming. I'll say
0: Ooh, that. We're diving right in. We got all kinds of stuff to talk about, man. We got the Kara stuff. We got the Bill stuff. We got the Cylon stuff. We got the Lee stuff. We got the Gaius mm-hmm. stuff. We got the Tory getting plowed by Gaius and the <laughs> Temple stuff. So much. Uh, there's a lot going on. And we got the real cold goodbye from Dewalla. <laughs> Oh and, uh, I'll miss you. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> ah, God bless her. I love her. Ouch. Ah, she's Ouch. perfect. Yeah. Ah, she's she perfect. It. But uh, you know, um, uh, and then we got some, um, and then you just got consistent home runs out of guys like Hilo, um, stuff like <laughs> that. But a lot, a lot of um a lot going on this week. What was your um what was like just tease your biggest surprise and then we'll sort of dive into this proper. Dude, well, you know me, baby. Oh, Cylon, Cylon is mythology. <laughs> Wait, what? Cylon mythology, right?
1: <laughs> you fucking know it, baby. I know you. Oh,
0: I fucking I know been, you.
1: I haven't, oh, man. Haven't been this horned up for some Cylon revelation since like season one, dude. Oh, oh yes. my god! Oh yeah, the Cylon mutiny, the fuck, the Cavils being essentially boxed by uh, by full blown Centurion uh, uprising. Holy shit! <laughs> Did not see this coming. Did not see for one, uh, even the very first scene of like uh, being aboard the Cylon base star. Just the division that was among them, I was like, Wow, this really does run deep way more than than I feel like we we first realized like we saw some conflicts, we saw you know disagreements, but that those all when they were happening seemed newish to them it seemed like they hadn't experienced conflict amongst themselves before at least to this extent and but damn i don't think that's necessarily the case now seeing this episode i'm like whoa you guys have been divided for quite a long time this is some long running problems that uh are not going to work themselves out peacefully evidently
0: yeah not looking good man we got some uh we got some big time mutiny going on the cylons are in a tough way um, and we learned a lot, man. So, how do you want to get into this, bad, Larry? Ooh, boy.
1: Um, you know, I think we should just go through
0: Kara first. We should just we should do the Kara storyline here. Awesome, I'm into it. I think um, I think Kara kind of leads. Uh, we can we can talk about Lee's departure, but I think Kara touches on everything we need to touch on in the Colonial Fleet, right? Because everything that is done in the Colonial Fleet this week is connected to Kara. With yeah, the exception indeed. of a discussion between um, between the final four, as it were, and a discussion, and, and of course the Gaia stuff. <clears throat> right, right.
1: Because they just want to apply him for knowledge about the final Cylon in general.
0: So what's your take on Carathrace right now, Matt? What's going on? Cara we know who she is. We know what she did. She brings up some old episodes regarding the uh, Arrow of Athena. Um, she has seemingly been destroyed utterly and returned in a pristine ship uh, claiming she is in a Cylon. Mm-hmm. We, we haven't, we haven't cleared her of Cylon charges, no official charges, but I don't think she's been cleared of those charges yet. But would you yeah. say that this episode cast some doubt on her possibility of being a Cylon? Ah, yeah, I'm still a little mixed on that. I mean, I think <clears throat> it's, you were, you were pretty does- like certain she was five
1: i yeah i was I was going back and forth between her and Gaius and I was like it seems like it's just gotta be one of them almost like a 50 50 sure uh now I'm leaning a little more towards Gaius uh and I just I just don't know about her man i for one i I think I think we are seeing Kara at her first fullest most like religiously convicted like she is she's full tilt like she's ready to be like a martyr at this point she's like i don't care i'm ready to die i know i'm right and i don't care that people don't trust me this is the right move and i'm just ready to just take a bullet to the face for it Mm -hmm. um and you know she's always been an extreme and passionate person that's just kind of who she is but boy this is this is a level of like open like a zealotry that mm. I don't feel like we've ever seen from her before, and and it's interesting that that's essentially what sways Adama back to her. Um, you know, we even get a little we get a little more anti religious talk from uh, Adama in this episode, the Admiral Adama uh, just being like, ah, it's all there's no miracle, your death is going to be as meaningless as everyone else. But at the end of the day, it's her. Kind of like religious fervor that seems to sway him, like the power of it, um, and that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, like as far as like the very opening, coming right back to this this standoff between her and and Rosalind. I mean, I I believe that she believes this. Like, I don't feel. I think part of why I I'm leaning away from the idea of her being a Cylon is that like this seems outside of of the Cylon plan. Like, it's it. She's so convinced of, of this, and I'm like, yeah, it's still. You know, I still remember the words of the of the hybrid from the Razor, uh, you know, mini movie of talking about like, she don't believe her; she's the one that leads to doom. So um, that really still has me all fucked up about like, oh, I don't know. But man, at the end of the day, I'm kind of I feel like I'm with the Admiral. I'm like, I kind of just believe her; like she's so con- convinced. Um, and that's where I'm at, man. Like I, her her religious passion has kind
0: of started to push me away from suspicion. I want to talk about it as you are calling it religious passion mm-hmm. why do you call it religious pa- what what makes it religious to you to me yeah the interpretation even she you d- have
1: right even though she doesn't say it like outright i interpret it that way because of this this connection she has to earth itself now so she claims that, that she can feel it uh, the, the distance from it and feel like almost some signal or some connection, and I and I feel like that's kind of the way she describes it. But I see it as more like, okay, if there is a a real actual God entity in this universe, maybe it's like speaking to her or calling her in some way. Um, and it doesn't sound the way she describes it. It doesn't sound like like what um, you know the rest of our four Cylons who you know revealed to be Cylons that we're hearing. Uh, like they they were hearing this distinct song with lyrics that they were repeating almost like robotically that they couldn't help themselves, and, and she doesn't describe it that way. It sounds like she I think she only describes it as sort of like a sense and a ringing and a, like just a, a some kind of indiscernible feeling,
0: but she feels it extremely strongly. She calls it um she calls it a calling. Sorry to be redundant there, but right. But one thing I want to do is is I I, I want to say. <clears throat> One of the things that seems universal about religion, but I'll try to stick to Battlestar for now, is that with Battlestar, as with most religions, as Battlestar is written by human beings who draw their experience (laughs) from what they have and blah, 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 over over philosophical explanation aside, and that's this, that she is very, um, the difference being, I think, with Kara right now, she said, I saw Earth with my own eyes. Yeah, yeah. It changes the game a lot. If you say, I saw Christ with my own eyes. He stood before me. He didn't give me a sign. Uh, there wasn't a, there's nothing I'm interpreting. He, he appeared in my room and he sat down next to me and I was not on drugs. And he told me about the proper way to go about getting myself closer to God. We had a discussion. Uh, we talked. He hugged me. You know, it's, it's, that's a very different thing. You know, it's true. some people can say that maybe they've had that experience, but it's tough to prove, which is always a thing. But a lot of times religion, the word faith is important because it, it, the, the whole idea of it is the lack of proof. That's the faith is, exists because, because evidence does not. And, uh, and, and I know that's something that, that, you know, atheists struggle with, but the idea is that, and I don't know if this is true, but. I, I I interpret it as maybe your faith is what matters. Evidence evidence makes faith irrelevant, and faith is everything to religion, right? Yeah, it's I mean, the- it's very yeah, I mean, paradoxical. That's, <laughs> I understand right. this, right? But that's that's
1: the whole idea of faith, of that like the idea of searching for evidence of it is to go against faith. I mean, that's you know, and that's that's just kind of the foundation of it. Of like you you're it, it, you can't. It's it's almost like wrong to ask God for evidence because you're you're saying you don't believe God
0: <laughs> in that way. And, and, and we know that faith is a recurring motif in Battlestar Galactica, and it has been very, very strongly used as of late as a storytelling device in this show. I mean, it's always been there. It's always been something Six has preached to Gaius. But we're it's seeing, always been
1: something for Kara, too. Yeah,
0: absolutely, man. We've seen a lot of faith getting getting uh, ballied about. Is that the word I'm looking for? Bandied. Bandied bandied thank you and uh, uh, we
1: shall bandy
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's very it, it's very um, it's very fascinating right it's fascinating to see th- her faith and then it's fascinating to see the faith that Gaius seems to have the people have in him yeah. and suddenly this introduction of it to to, to, to Tori Tori seems overwhelmed with something you know, if, if the Holy Ghost moves in you, <laughs> so to speak. Mm-hmm. And now we have this, uh, this situation with the, with, the, with the other, the three of the four sort of having faith in themselves, which is fascinating if you think about it that way, because they are, and, and we talked at length about this last week, this idea of, do I trust myself? Do I have enough faith in myself? There's no way I can prove I will or will not be switched on, but I have faith I will not be switched on or I am hoping, hope and faith gotta be closely connected, right? And I've yeah, thought oh, about definitely. that a lot. I thought about that recurring motif a lot this week because faith is the immediate conversation brought up when when Kara, Kara uses faith as a logical argumentation against the president because Kara went on a crazy fucking mission based on visions that the president had. And for yeah. Kara to come back on the president and say, I went based on visions I saw earth, not a vision, according to Kara, according to Kara's testimony. So yeah, there's a lot of, uh, faith I think is a big takeaway from this week's episode. And, uh, there's a lot going on with it. Right. And, yeah. um, and we see it here and, and, and that's why, I, you know, I, I was wondering if you were using religion almost to suggest like, you know, people often, often will say something like he went at it with a religious fervor, but they're talking about something, you know, uh, Sort of, Training
1: for a sport or something. Sure,
0: yeah. sure. I can't, why can't I think of the name? Secular. But they're applying it to something secular, like a sport. Despite what many athletes think, is Jesus helping them crush their friends? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> giving my friends and my enemies tbi so Thank yeah. you so much, God, for letting me have the power to knock out my opponent tonight yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to crush him and his whole. Okay, dude, If you say so. But <laughs> um, and she's saying it's calling. It's calling me, and then. And then uh, these uh, visions of faith come. By the way, could Colonel Ty and the attack team take any longer to get to the goddamn quarters? Yeah, not gonna it lie, felt I was like,
1: forever. We, we cut to their, you know, the troops' boots like on three the deck, times. like marching, and they're just kind of fast walking. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> uh, you have somebody who has a gun on the president. Like, well, that's because <laughs> Ty's huh? in charge of that
0: detail, and he's like, eh, ah, slow, <laughs> slow it down. And it's just Roslin. Yeah, you can take a smoke break on the way. It's fine. <laughs> Although you know, I think he has. Um, I think him and Roslin, and, and this is something that hasn't explicitly been shown to us. But but I almost feel like him and Roslin's beef has been squashed. You know, since since their time yeah. on New Caprica, like yeah. they were no, comrades I mean, in also arms. So
1: on the same side of, of uh, against Baltar during the trial and everything. I think that
0: patched some of their differences. Right, and. I found it fascinating that he was more on Roslyn's side than Kara's side. I know he's always Mm -hmm. had a bone to pick with Kara, but to pick one of, to to pick a president over somebody you've served with for a long time, I was like, ooh, he's, which is funny because we know the position he's sitting in as apparently a Cylon. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. But uh, but a very tense opening in in one where she hands the gun over. Now, why did Rosalind miss? What do you think it is? Is it doubt? Is it is it is it drugs? Mm. Is it fear? Is it is it? Now that's that's a thing that I
1: come down a little more firmly on. I think it's doubt on Rosalind's part. I don't think she is fully convinced uh, yet, and and also I think she's somebody who's just not one to shoot somebody. Like she's she's I think hesitates and throws off her aim.
0: I, I I happen to agree with you there, especially because I think I think Kara was very. I like that moment though, that moment at that one where she's like, "They made you so perfect." You're like, "Holy fuck!" Oh, I know. You're like, "Oh wow!" You really believe she's a Cylon, right? Um, but we can quickly just mention the uh, the final form meeting where they where they basically come to the conclusion that they are going to that because of guys' time spent with the Cylons that it's possible he knows who the fifth Cylon is, and they're not sure if he knows who they are. So that little meeting between all of them, uh, which, which was spooked because that's when Ty, Ty said, listen, she tried to shoot Kara who for thinking she's a Cylon. So, so, so Ty's interpretation was she just missed. And imagine yeah. all of us will be fucking mercilessly gunned down. And that's Ty's take on it. Which 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 spurs him into action with Anders, Tyrrell, and Tori, and he's like, Look, we know we know guys likes the tail. We'll get in there and shake <laughs> your bowhiny for the men folk. Uh, dude the way he says it
1: uh, he'd poke a Cylon he's racked up a six we know that
0: <laughs> jealous Ty
1: <laughs> uh, uh, dude poor fucking Tory, only lady in the room they're all just kind of like turning their heads and she's like oh come on <laughs> okay <laughs> I, I have to go fuck Gaius now we had a vote
0: <laughs> she probably wanted to fuck him anyway <clears throat> yeah I mean look we'll, at him, we'll, get, we'll, get boy. we'll get to that we'll get to that but yeah. anyway that kind of just leads to Tori's time with Gaius but I think it an interest of how you wanted to lay this week out. We'll, we'll just stick to Kara who, uh, who after all the silent stuff, which again, we'll talk about after we go right to her discussion with, with Adama, Oof, with Adama. Should we have Dude, a quick and- listen to some of it? Hell yeah. So he goes to see her in her cell and he's got the, the mad face on and, uh, he's not, he's not particularly thrilled with her right now. And, uh, here we go. What, are you what were you thinking? What happened to you? I saw Earth. (laughs) The shape of it, the smell of it, the the feel of it on my skin, in
1: my pores, and I swear to you, it was like I'd been there before. Like I never left.
0: I'm going to pause it. Kara struggles with Dama. He has such a command over her. Yeah, I mean, it is it it is
1: just bleeding with like father daughter relationship. Of, of, yeah, like absolutely, she wants is, the, desperately for it, him to believe. Oh, I know. It, it hurts her that he he doesn't and, right now, and he
0: desperately wants to believe. But he's got he he's got he's got the whole of the human race to think about. He's already been shot in the chest by Sharon. You know, he, and I think. Yeah,
1: and I think a big underlying aspect of this whole scene, and I think of uh, especially Adama's anger here, and he says it, he's like, you're too stupid to realize you just screwed over your only Mm -hmm. ally, meaning him, because he was basically saying, look, I'm trying to believe you, but I'm trying to navigate the politics and the, all the people and all the conflicting interests of all of this, as well as a president who fucking does not believe you and you know has set a course. It's going to take a little time to, to work things and maybe try to come to some compromise or something else we can do or change their mind. And he's basically saying, you just fucked it all up now. You just went and pointed a gun at the president. Now what can I do for you? Right, and he's mad. He's mad at her for not trusting him that he could get it done, that he could, you know, maybe shift things for
0: her and you know the direction she wants a little. And you know what? I like that she bites back a little. Let's have a listen. Yeah, fuck me. Huh? Sure as hell isn't going to be you. You to you like remind huh? Yourself that you're somebody else. You're the president's wet nurse. <laughs> <laughs> that face he has is priceless. You are the one who doesn't have the guts. Chokeslam! Dude, he throws her down <laughs> so hard. Oh my god. And then he's like four inches from her face. I love the nice to know you still care. Obviously, he does, hence the reaction. Mm, indeed. At least that's what I told my old lady when I throw her a beating. <laughs> <laughs> you welcome. I'm such a good guy. I care so deeply for you. (laughs) I'm just passionate. Oh, oh, that's okay. Chucky's just passionate. It's okay. He he doesn't like his spaghetti cold. I understand. He comes from a big family. too anyway. bad
1: i had to be married in the 40s
0: one store um they were uh minimizing uh, domestic abuse was a serious problem in this country um, mm, um. <laughs> all right so anyway uh yeah man it's it's a it's a great scene and she she bites back a little yeah, yeah. Cause I mean, she's best to be, she's not believed
1: by anyone. Like she's, she's a pariah at this point, uh, as if she's already been deemed a Cylon. And I think that's what really cuts deep in her. And, she, and like, she
0: truly, as you said, with religious fervor, weird words, believes. She, believes she, it. she is telling us that she has seen this. And this isn't like when she was like, Yeah, I fucked up and Zach died and I have no defense. Right, that's a right. very different situation. That that was her her finally uh, sort of uh, accepting responsibility for the role she believed she played in Zach's death, and him just being like, "Get out of here while you still can," kind of thing. This one is <laughs> a little different. She's like, "Well, no, fuck this. I'm not going to just." I mean, Carol loves Adama probably more than anyone, but she's still not going to let herself be kind of beat up, and like she's not going to allow that.
1: Right, right, and to just not be you know taken seriously anymore. Like mm-hmm. the whole fleet is already kind of being like oh she's she just came up out of nowhere. Who knows? Totally suspicious of her, and she just feels like shit about it. And like because like we've already been saying, she to her, her to, to be honest, it almost kind of does go beyond faith because she says she knows that she she was there. She saw it. it it's a physical reality to her. Uh, and that's what she just can't get across to anybody. That has to be a little maddening <laughs> if you're the person who's like, "No, I was literally there. I, I saw it." She almost implies that she was like, maybe even landed on it. She's like, "It was." She talks about like smelling the the air and and like being like almost physically there mm, in her pores. Yeah, exactly in her pores. I'm like, "Damn, did you land? <laughs> did you land and prance
0: around on Earth for a while?" For sure. Um, and what's your take on her? expressing physical discomfort about about drawing further from what she believes is the direction to earth Ooh, yeah man like
1: like i was saying i feel like my only Take on that at this point, which is kind of the opposite of where I was last week. Because for me, that was another signal of ooh, possible Cylon. Like you have some weird external connection to something else that doesn't that doesn't seem very human of you. Uh, <laughs> I don't have too many times where I'm getting too far from home and my antenna fucking starts ringing in my head. Uh, that's pretty odd. But at this point, I feel like it is almost like. You know, an overall thing with this show that I still struggle with, whether whether I think it's real or not, is do our characters on this show who are religious believe in a god, and and that's just kind of it? Or do our characters in the show believe in a god that is literally real in this show, in the universe uh-huh. of this show? And that is something, boy, I mean, that's, hey, it's the same question we all have to deal with in real life, but— at the same time, like, I, I can't. That's what throws off my interpretation here. I'm
0: like, is it fuckery? Is it, is so, it trickery? Then is, let me ask it, you this Do you believe yeah. so? Everything we've kind of seen, a lot of things can be explained. What, what are some of the most inexplicable things that have occurred in Battlestar Galactica thus far? I mean, mm-hmm. you, could, you could hand wave, as they say, the technology of the Cylons, the perfection of a Cylon model. You can science fiction away that kind of stuff. You can science fiction away the faster than the light travel. You can accept the paradigm of the technology that has created Cylons, correct? Right. What other crazy stuff has happened? Well, there has been pretty crazy insight from Gaius Baltar. The Hand of God episode is one I always come back to him just sort of blindly pointing out the exact spot they need to attack and it being the exact spot they need to attack. Now, could that be explained with science fiction tech? Maybe. It could be if, A, he's a Cylon, or if B6 knew the location and somehow put that in his brain and he touched it. That's possible, I guess. And then there's the stuff with President Rosalind. What has Rosalind done that has been sort of out there? I mean, the Scrolls of Pythia, following it, having visions, but can we kind of explain that by way of Kamala extract, uh, temperature, uh, delirium, uh, thinking right. she sees things that she just read about? I mean, if it's not you know, you read a book at night, you might dream about it. Um, like oh, and also, the most one of the more recent things. I mean, the Cylons
1: and humans sharing a dream yeah. at the same time. That's another sure like, boy.
0: The that head seems pretty outside of any technology right that the head sick stuff the head Gaius stuff now oh man so yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of these things that are, could possibly be technologically driven it science fiction driven maybe can now outside of if we assume Kara's is telling the truth are we assu- assuming she's telling the truth she's physically feeling discomfort as they move away now is that just her being is, is that some sort of mania or madness to where she feels like you know like like a like a I don't know take some crazy fucking painter from the renaissance who's like just going bananas like is it is it that kind of thing is it is it this is it mozart can, can can write a fucking symphony at 6 what what is it exactly is it is it is it something like this is it exceptionalism or is it divine? And then the next question I have for you, so those are all the things we, we have to sometimes think about. We always have to remember what is the what has the show given us and, yeah. because it's how we make sure that the show stays airtight, right? It, we indeed so, otherwise it starts to contradict itself and the whole show falls apart. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But then it becomes open. <laughs> But then it becomes a question of, okay, what about as far as as far as um Cara and all that stuff goes? Maybe it's something we just don't know yet, and this show will reveal it to us. That's also a possibility. Right. Yeah. So the question and- to you becomes, do you think that there is going to be a revelation for the viewer, maybe not even the crew, maybe not even the characters, but the viewer, to confirm the existence of some sort of um, mythical or, or deity or god-like being? Or do you think that they're going to be like, nah, we're not going to tackle that. We're gonna we're gonna leave that just like it is in real life.
1: Mm. You know, with the way the show's been going, uh, by you know this latter half of season three and on into to where we're at now, it feels to me like we're getting more and more steeped in the religious possibilities. Like I, I keep feeling like that's going to become. A revelation at some point, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's not ever made explicit, I, I still feel like even the way that the Cylons are changing course, and it, it, to me, I almost even feel like it's coming to a point where the Cylons and the humans are going to match up again, like they're going to be in contact in some way. Um, that's where it feels like it's headed. And it, 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 like if I was gonna, if I was gonna just throw out into the universe my own stab at like where is this all heading? I don't have a, a really tight version yet, but my broad take is that the humans and the Cylons are going to be more on the same course than they realize, uh, and they're going to be somehow brought together under monotheism, like under a single god. Like, I mean, I, I think we're seeing the beginnings of that with Gaius here, of, of him kind of being like he is still sort of the Jesus figure, not so much in like his own – divinity or whatever, but more in like, he's the gadfly of their society saying, ah, no, you you pagans are wrong. There's one God. Like he's starting to be the human that's spreading that. Um, And and we're seeing this divide with the Cylons, you know, going against, you know, the old Cylon order of of treating the rest of, you know, funny enough, probably mirrors how the humans were, uh, going against the idea that their other machines, the centurions, the raiders are all lesser beings. And we have these other scientists saying, no, they're, they're equal to us. They are, they're sentient and they, they essentially and they, kind of like have rights. Um, these all seem to be heading towards one place. Like, and, and that's all I can say about it. Like, I don't, I don't have that's any fair. like more no, that's s- cool. details
0: to that theory, I was just curious but, as to what you, what your thoughts were based on what we've seen so far. But, um, and I, well,
1: yeah, you know, I was going to say, I say all of that because I feel like it, All of all those things meeting or heading towards the same place seems like there's some entity or deity behind it Mm -hmm. pulling them to one spot, Um, and that's what the show is starting to feel like more and more to me. That like we're instead of us being you know it being a a show of pursuit of the Cylons pursuing the humans and the humans trying to get away or find somewhere to hide or the Cylons going off in their own mysterious fucking quest for something we don't understand, it kind of feels like no humans and Cylons are going to be on the same path heading towards the same point, which is probably going to be Earth. Um, and pulled there by the same, I don't know, religious
0: power. I like it. Why don't we send off Lee, and then we'll wrap on the Kara stuff, because they intersect. When are we going to talk about our boy Gaius and Tori? Well, when we do all the Gaius, we'll we'll do Gaius as his own thing, right? Yeah. Because we still want to talk about about Kara, which isn't finished, but I think if we do the whole Kara line and Lee pops up, we might as well get Lee to where we're going to intersect with Kara. You know what I mean? So Lee's done, for real. Yeah, he. I is. mean, he's saying um, he's done, and he's he's dressing down. He gets this awesome little party where I guess they're playing strip poker. Some of them are, and some of them aren't. <laughs> That's <laughs> what it
1: looked like. Or they're they're just losing bad at strip poker. I guess.
0: Yeah, there's a couple people playing strip poker. There's a couple people not. Anders is there. They drink. He, you know, he drinks to the Galactica and everything else. He definitely is going to drink to his future husband, who'll pull that sexy V neck off his sweaty back. <laughs> <laughs> that sweater is. You violent. got your hot bod back, Lee. Oof, that sweater's no good, no bueno. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's a cool and it's a cool scene, and it doesn't end there. And you, you know, you get the impression when you start to go to the meta sense of the way these shows typically work. This transitions. Uh, this is going to transition back to to Kara, which is him basically saying, "I believe you," while she's in the brig. I I believe you, and, and the big passionate kiss, and and oh uh, man. And eventually uh, his send off on the deck. But why don't we? Uh, why don't we? Um, what do you think of the moment between him and Cara,
1: dude? I I really liked it, actually, man. You know, and I'm not sure about like oof, what is the future of for these two. I I kind of felt feel like very was-
0: real, didn't it?
1: It felt very real, like that, like the way, the fact that he went over and like kissed her, grabbed her and kissed her, but then like was kissing her face and like kissing yeah, her head, yeah, and like yeah, embracing yeah. her clothes. Like that's a real, like, oof, that's a the very heavy emotional embrace. Um, and she needed that. Like, boy, you can just see that wash over her of like, oh, mm-hmm. thank God, somebody who I care about actually does believe me and is still, you know, at least has faith in me and loves me. <laughs> like, doesn't sure. treat me like a Cylon traitor. Sure. Um, she needed that bad just to, to to stay on her feet, you know. Um, yeah, I really like that moment, um, and I the the main thing that I like that he that he says to her in this in this because he's it's not like he's there to like say oh, I'm gonna like fight for you or anything. He's kind of just there to be like, well, this sucks for you, and I wish there was more I could do, but I'm leaving. So, but he, I I like the part where he talks about finally understanding what she meant about a uh-huh. destiny and not Indeed. being able, not being quite able to justify it or explain it exactly, but just that strong conviction, that feeling that, that pushes you to where you feel like you need to go and you can't resist.
0: What's that um, called? Faith? Are we back to faith? I think Again, so, man. recurring motif of six of one is faith. <laughs> faith, That's belief. It. It's a big one this week. And um, I love the moment, and I'll and I'll and I'll play, hit, hit us with some audio so we can get the feels again. But uh, I love when Lee looks back at Boomer as uh, Athena as she walks him in, and everyone's there, and she just kind of shrugs like, "We gotcha." It's cute. <laughs> it's so <laughs> fucking adorable and real. But it this is. shit's great, man. This is uh, this is emotional right here. Let's have a listen, old Lee. Recognition of honorable, loyal, and faithful service, Madam President. Admiral of the colonial fleet, ladies and gentlemen, Major Lee O'Donnell, salute! He's like, holy shit, his face, he's such a good actor, Jamie Bamber, huh? (laughs) He's good, man, I've
1: always liked him. Even when we were busting his chops, he was good.
0: Yeah, he fucked up with D, but he's a good actor, no question.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is good, man. Dude, I gotta say, too, and obviously you can't really answer this. But this scene does feel like a full blown Go ahead, a full blown send-off, man. Like it feels like I'm like, is Lee is Lee gonna be off the show? Like, I mean, I can't imagine that's really the case. But I mean, he's leaving Galactica, and I can't imagine exactly where the story's gonna go with him. He mentions Zarek having nominated him for the quorum. I'm like, okay, like that that could get him involved in the political side of things, I suppose. But this this feels
0: like a real final send-off. It really does. Now, can I can I shift gears and just kind of go, man, man? <laughs> I don't know, but the last the last scene we just saw between him and Kara and his love of her, yeah, it would be really hard for me to leave that ship with her on the brig. Yeah, you know what I mean, dude. I was, thinking, I was like, I don't know. I if if it if it was somebody I truly cared about deeply, I wouldn't be like, yeah, well, you know. Got, <laughs> I'm sure
1: this shit will sort itself of out. Bye. Papa's okay, fine.
0: Papa's got to ride that train, girl. Take it easy. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck, man. That'd be hard to walk away from. Just yeah. Be, for, for a calling, you know, for your midlife crisis career change, it's <laughs> like it's cool. Uh, don't get me wrong, I understand it, but it almost seems to say goodbye to one of your best friends who was in the brig. To, best friend to, to the person you care about, maybe second most behind behind your father is this woman, right? And you're gonna kind of bounce on her when she's in the brig. I'm just like, oh man, that seems that seems poorly timed and and maybe a bit of a writing misstep. But it's still a great yeah. scene. The send off is awesome, right? It's right. emotional. It works. And and to get back to your original inquiry, because I don't want I don't want to shit on the episode because of one thing that was a little funky. But what do you, you you were talking about? Um, let me get back to it. Let me let me don't don't tell me. Let me remember. Uh, oh, you're saying it seems like a, a true send off. I mean, this, he got one, two, three scenes of goodbye, Cara, my friends. I'm going to drink to you guys while you play strip poker, and then this big send off on the deck of the ship. Yeah, I mean, it feels Man. pretty significant from a just from a meta TV time standpoint.
1: Totally. And I mean, like, of course, I didn't do it because I'm still a fucking stridently avoiding all spoilers as hard as I can. But I had a moment of like, God, I almost want to like check and see if Jamie Bamber's in the cast of the next episode. Like, is mm. is he still, is he in it? Like, it felt utterly final. Like, this seemed like a, a real character
0: send off. At the end um, of the day, here's what we know. The fleet's small. True. He's a major yeah. character. and Exactly. The fleet's small. I mean, we're, we're, we're moving to an end. Um, I can only assume that that end is going to somehow involve him. I mean, by the last episode, to think we would never see him again seems like a massive writing misstep.
1: Right, right. And I could, I could even imagine maybe he's not in the next episode or two, but then he comes back after that. Maybe I, to, be to be perfectly frank, in. I don't even
0: remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think well, it's, sure. I don't think it's a crazy assumption to think you're going to see his face again because the show is going to be over. It's the final season. To say yeah, you're not yeah. going to see him again is outrageous, right? <laughs> <laughs> when, Until the last episode, r- right? I, I don't. To be honest, I don't even remember when. But um, but yeah, it is. It is not an insignificant dedication of screen time to him going away, which mm-hmm. is pretty amazing. But yeah, to kind of bounce on your friend who's in, under the brig and everyone thinks is crazy and is clearly needing emotional support. It just. It's almost like ah, this is a little. Right. These these it, don't line it, what, up pretty well which makes i remember thinking that when i originally watched it and then thinking this makes me very curious for like the next couple episodes
1: yeah it's one of those things where it's like everything all the dialogue all the moments within that scene are great but the the meta context of you know him heading there and then him just leaving there and like having not really Seeming to talk about it outside of that. It's not, it, you know, I feel like in a past episode, we, this could have been the entire storyline of, of Lee advocating for Kara and trying to get her out and trying to figure out what they can do. Whereas here it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to come say goodbye, but also back to my stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. It feels a little afterthought And it's like, oh, sure. Well. Now, I agree with that. But I just, I was carried away by how much I enjoyed the scene itself.
0: Yes, 100%. Um, let's talk about the final uh, scene involving Kara, which is a hell of a powerful scene. I love Ooh, Hilo. Yeah. How awesome is he? He's a cuffer, Dude. but he knows what's up. He fucking he's so solid. He's so he's solid.
1: He's so solid. Top of the beefcake. I'll report, tell you, man. him Still. and
0: Anders, they have a, they have they have a serious uh serious I don't know who's got bigger arms. They both are sporting some fucking guns this week. They must have been doing <laughs> curls before their shoot, you know? Indeed. To get the pump Push going between
1: every take. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, takes the cuffs off. And uh, what does Adama tell our dear girl? This this is great. This I love that it's Hilo and Adama in her. There's something really cool about allowing Hilo to participate in this moment because there are times where we feel like Hilo is typically used to, it's almost present an unpopular view, but to show us that he is going to stick up for what he believes is right. He's going to fo- follow his moral compass, uh, right. everything else he be has been, damned.
1: Uh, he's so established as the character who will do that, who will, right. who will follow into you know uh, an intense fight to do the right thing.
0: Well, I guess in that um, case, it, I'm answering my own question, because it, then it seems perfectly fitting for him to be standing her here when there's this entire doubt surrounding Kara and all the rumors that have spread about her pristine ship and how we saw it blow up and, and everything else. And, you know, it's like, it's, <laughs> uh Yeah. He's a,
1: he's a fucking loyal friend, man. That's that's what it seems like with him. I mean, he's always been one of her closest friends, and he's really never questioned her. Like, he's asked her personally, like, how you doing? When he's, like, watching her fucking painting that weird mandala on the wall, and you're like, oh, are you okay? But it always felt like it was coming from a place of a friend worrying about another friend. Like, didn't it was never him questioning her sanity or questioning her motives. For sure.
0: Now, let me tell you something right now, Matthew. <laughs> mm-hmm the end of this episode on my original watch presented me with a wild wi- the wild possibilities running through my imagination dude you're getting a ship and a crew i'm like wait a minute kara's <laughs> gonna be a fucking pirate captain this is the greatest uh-huh. thing i've ever heard she's gonna get a handpicked crew she's gonna go on this journey to find earth in a sewage ship that's totally awesome, awesome. i wanted that's it to- a whole nother show that's right there that's a whole man. fucking show absolutely dude <laughs> Give me Ken, that. Adventures
1: aboard the Millennium Falcon.
0: Yes, man. Going to the most size the wretched hive of scum and villainy. Get out there, so, Kara. I'm so down. <laughs> like, I oh. wait, why did they have to go back and do Caprica? We should have just done a spin-off. Yep. And I like it. Uh. He's like, I can't stand finding I can't stand losing. I can't stand losing you. But um he's, <laughs> he's like, I go find Earth and it's a hug, and I like how uh, I like the little I, I like the little eyeball exchange with Hilo during the hug from Adama to Hilo. You know, it's good. He looks up at Hilo, who's towering over both of them. <laughs> That's a big tower of a man, and uh, a good old reliable man. Yeah, and that that sort of advances the Kara line. You know, there's so much happening in this episode, so many important things, and you're getting the feeling off of the first two episodes that. <clears throat> Doesn't seem like we're gonna be doing a lot of monster of the week as they're known in the X Files World episodes, right? This is, we're moving yeah, now. We're man. moving now. We're moving towards the resolution here.
1: Right. We are sticking with a core story now. And dude, another you know, it's funny, we're everything we're joking about with, with Kara and her own ship and her own show, which I'm like, that would fucking be awesome. The another thought I had that kind of like, ooh, makes me uncomfortable is I'm like, is Kara gonna be is Kara gonna be essentially in Hilo's position where he was in season one? Is she gonna be off Galactica for most of the rest of the show, um, which is kind of scary. I'm like, shit, like that, she's going to be out there kind of on her own. Obviously, she's going to have some kind of small crew and she'll be doing things. And it's a scary possibility because I'm like, damn, I'm worried about Kara. But I'm also super intrigued by the idea of having that kind of split show again, where it's like we have, you know, Caprica sections and Galactica sections. And the idea of it being Galactica sections and Kara Thrace's (laughs) ship and journey sections. Does sound really fucking cool.
0: Mm-hmm. It I'm sounds amazing. We get
1: that. Like, I don't want her to disappear, and then it's like, oh, she you know comes back or contacts them again after not having heard anything from her like in four episodes, and that you know that she found Earth or whatever. I'm like, no, I want to like see her. I want to like go on that journey with her.
0: Dope. I want it. Why don't we get over to our Cylon friends? Oh man, the Cylon Inquisition over here. I mean, Dean Stockwell crushes. crushes. Oh, he's and you so know what? Great. Trisha Helfer is a good actress. Oh, hell yeah. She's really, I know, I know we've talked about her physical presence and I don't just mean her appearance, but the way she, the way she just sort of, you know, she has this it factor, right? Oh yeah. You, you don't become a a model. (laughs) You don't become a supermodel for, I don't even know who, without having some sort of it factor. There's a million beautiful women in the world. And then there's people like Trisha Helfer- And then she's like a triple threat, you know? She's beautiful, clearly. Uh, Like, she can be this statuesque regal beauty. She can be sexy and sultry. Then she's intelligent and has this stage presence and can fucking act. Yeah, It's really awesome. It's really, you you know, you think, oh, actor, a fucking model, great, here we go. She's going to fucking hop around like a dingbat. No, dude. She's she's great. She's always been awesome in this show. And it's really- what a great opportunity for her in her moments of being the sultry temptress when she's head six. And then when she is Cylon six, trying to get things done and, and we see, you know, the way her mood can bounce around and uh, just all of these different iterations that she's, she's had a wonderful opportunity with Battlestar Galactica to, oh, express, so
1: range. Her, yeah. Yeah,
0: to express her capabilities. And um yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. And this whole opening for The Silence is wild. The hybrid is the hybrid utterances as they become known in the Battlestar Galactic of Parlance. <laughs> and we, we see what looks like a hybrid speaking, a superimposed cavil as a Sharon dances ballet naked around him. I mean, <laughs> it's almost like we're seeing this is this relationship beginning because of the way she's going to end up voting, Right. <laughs>
1: it's true. It's a that's weird,
0: a like, sort of dream sequence. We're atmosphere nitrogen by 0.03%. It is not much con- 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 consolation that society, leaving us at eight modern, Where punishment rather than interdiction is paramount. Please cut the fuse. You're like, what is this bitch talking about?
1: <laughs> and I mean, and that's that's kind of the beginning of the divide. Like we see that it comes all the way down to their, you know, their hybrids, which are essentially like navigator slash oracles for the Cylons. Sure. And even among the Cylons, you know, there's this encampment essentially led by Cavill, the threes, where he's like or, or no is he one or is he three? Yeah, I don't remember. I just call I can't him quite Cavill. Remember. But he's, you know, essentially the the Cylon faction that he leads is like, yeah, it's always saying things, but that's mostly just it processing information out loud. Like, don't pay attention to what it's saying. Whereas you have the the faction led by essentially the Sixes going, no, it is, it is telling us essential, like it's almost like coded, you know, prophecy, and we need to be paying attention. We need to be interpreting it. Absolutely, Um,
0: yeah, because it says something along the lines of, there's a lot of gibberish there, but you pick up on some of the final words being something like they won't hurt their own. Right. Which, which makes us go, Oh, is that why, is that why the Raiders turn tail? That seems to be boomers interpretation. And six seems to agree. And this is what they're coming to Cavill with. And Cavill's like, I I don't know about this. Mm, And uh, Leoban's on board as well. Yeah.
1: Which does not surprise me. He's, he's the mythical mystical type as well. Like you're like, Oh yeah, of course you would side with them. Sure. Um, but yeah, we we get this kind of revelation here that it is completely forbidden to discuss I love not it. even just not discuss the identity of, but to discuss the existence or the, the idea of a final five models at all. Like that's that's it seems to be like above all of their their clearances in a sense. Which I'm like, well, if Cav, if it's above Cavill's head too. Who the hell is in charge? Like, who laid that down? You know, they, they mm-hmm. even talk about having laws and edicts, but I'm like, well, who, who wrote them? Like, they, 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 they seem like a sort of somewhat democratically run organizations. Like, they take votes on things and all the models get to vote. But Cavill talks about stuff that's like beyond his purview, too. So I'm like, well, damn, where is this coming down from? Like, <laughs> do they have something that they believe is literally written by God that says
0: to not discuss this? I love the go take a cleansing walk. <laughs> you you <laughs> pretend you never said that but but the excitement and this is uh, this is good stuff out of Grace Park uh, just the excitement on her fate. she has this moment of acting Grace Park right here, where she's basically it looks like she's listening to and, and without irony, but with complete I believe what you're saying, I have quote faith and and mm-hmm. she's one of the mans and girls, and he's like talking to her <laughs> like ah, ah. her face. Her face seems to be swimming with the possibility, and in all three of them, uh, all three being six, Bummer and Leoben, seem to be sharing this excitement of the the idea of what what have they seen, what what can they tell us? They're they're looking at it as as the next chapter in some unknown scripture. They probably salute Uh, in 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 Cavil's like he's almost saying this is blasphemy, right? You're openly discussing the final five, but the three of them don't seem to care that it's forbidden. They don't. They they're they're not on board with this. They have no answer for that, which I thought was interesting. And he's like, "Look at yourselves. There's a million twos. There's a million sixes. There's a million eights. <laughs> and oh, he's a one.
1: Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. And you know, which which makes me think because he does also have a line here where he's like, you know, the original programmers thought it was essential for us to not try and contact the final five models so for the threat bit- of our
0: survival, right? <laughs>
1: Right. Um, and it's vague. Also, it's still it kind vague, of, but... Yeah, yeah. And I know it probably has something to do with their their numbering, but I, I almost think that might be a little bit of a, I don't know, an illusion. Because if you stop and think about it, there there is some math you can kind of do to to kind of figure at least parts of this out. Because if Saul Tai is a Cylon... And he had to
0: be one of the very first human models. Well, that's, that's what I was telling you when this whole thing broke. I was like, Yeah. I, I my original theory my, my original theory was for the show was it can't be Bill, it can't be Ty one hundred percent. Right. Can't be they, anybody. they were
1: fighting in the first Cylon War.
0: Right. I, I basically said it can't be anybody over forty, right? Or or even fifty. Because yeah, they, it couldn't go that far back. And they weren't there weren't skin jobs then unless they mm-hmm. were keeping them secret. Which seems dumb, but not impossible, I guess. And that was always right. my theory. So I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> because we know but they damn. don't replace people. At least we don't think so. We don't. Is there a is there a bill like in a fucking cryo chamber somewhere that was replaced, or a tie, Ooh. or a, or a whoever? Take your pick. That that's why I was. I was like, it doesn't make sense that anybody older would be asylum. A, a now, right. Cavill. Dude. Who cares? Because they could have just made him old. We don't know exactly. Yeah, that's the other tricky aspect. Of all this. Uh, one thought
1: I just had, you know, talking through this some more, is I feel like it might even be kind of alluded to in in what Cavill is telling them about. Like, we cannot talk or or, or speculate about the identity of the final five because that even even thinking down that path could could be dangerous. And it makes me wonder. If the nature of the final five Cylons is actually different from the rest of them. sure, And it it makes me wonder if the final five uh, are singular, like there aren't other copies of them. And they are truly, they're the most secret asset the Cylons have because there's only one copy of each of them. And if they die, they die. Um, That makes me, because I mean, otherwise I'm like, what makes them so singular? What makes them so outside of even discussion? Uh, why would it be of the utmost forbidden you know, importance?
0: Right, absolutely. But um, yeah, that that kind of gets back to some of Cavill's stress, which is talking about the Raiders exceeding their programming. Unlike us, they can't correct themselves. And he's talking about all of this stuff. And that's, you know, you go from the possibility of the Final Five being somehow different and maybe not having copies, and then the Raiders suddenly exercising some some type of free will... And he's like, we got to scrap these fuck. We got to reprogram them. That's right. that's what has to happen. bottom Because them. yeah,
1: to, to six, she she talks about that revelation of that the the raiders are are actually choosing to not fire on some of the the fleet because they're they are worried that some, one of the final five Cylons might be among them, and they're they're scared to to take fire on them. Which to me also adds weight to the possibility that the final five can't resurrect, and there's a singular copy. And if you kill it, it's gone. Mm. Um, I think that's, there's more possibility there. But yeah, she, she brings that up that the Raiders are aware of this now and concerned about it as a revelation of like, wow, see, they even they can sense the importance. And Cavill's like, oh, but that means they're fucking up. Like, the, ah, we got a blue screen of death on this dumb fucking Raider. We got to fix that. Like, he, he just interprets it completely the opposite. I mean, he, he interprets it like, well, like even what he says as a mechanic. He's like, they're broken, so I'm going to fix them. Like, that's, I don't care. Yeah. They're just a tool. Yeah. Like, he, he seems to not even believe in
0: the possibility of raiders having sentience. Yeah, he's he's interesting. He talks about the he he talks about the voice of reason, and he equates it to the to God Almighty. Because right, like God is the voice of reason, or, or correct, which is fascinating. The idea of reason literally being God is is quite a technocratic approach. <laughs> it's pretty fascinating. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Um. But huh. this this starts a battle, and she's like, "Well, we're gonna." You know, she's like, you can't, you can't do this, and he's like, well, we're gonna vote on it. <laughs> there we go. And he truly believes the final five are anywhere other than with the humans. That is Cavill's take. His Which conviction such... of saying that. What do you think about that? Do you have any doubt that these four are Cylons when he says stuff like that? Mm, no,
1: I didn't. I didn't think that. I didn't doubt. That, um, but it makes it, it, again, it makes me wonder what the hell he thinks the fucking almighty plan is or what, what the goal of all this is. Cause I mean, I I was surprised to hear him say that just because I was like, where else would they be, man? Like, I, I thought that was all part of the plan. I thought, of course, the final five were among the fleet because that would be crucial. They'd be your best, deepest spies, um and I'm like, if they're if you didn't think they were among the humans, then what the fuck do you think they're off doing? Like what would what else would they be doing? More research on some isolated planet somewhere, cutting up pilots? Like I like what else would they do? Um so I find that really weird. Um but it also I think it speaks to just his very low view of humanity. Like he just thinks we are fucking annoying ants. And he's like, ugh, like why would the final five, the exalted final five, waste their time with the sweaty apes, like gross. <laughs>
0: I can dig it. Um, so here are here are the designations. I'm gonna give them to you. Ooh, I wanna write this down because I yep. need this. Yeah, I'm gonna give them to you right now. Um all right, ready? One is Cavill. Mm-hmm. Number twos are Leobans. number threes are Deanna's. She's she's boxed. Boxed up, shipped about by Amazon. <laughs> Four, I hope she's coming to my house, that fucking Amazon Prime. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is Zena. Uh Four is Simons, the, um, low, the baritone-speaking doctor, the creep from the episode of The the <laughs> Far the Mill or whatever. Five is the name that you can't remember despite having talked about the show for three years, and that's Doral. Dor- I remember Doral. Oh, yeah, All right, fair enough. Six, six is, is six. six. <laughs> Goofy. <laughs> uh, 7 is, is unrevealed oh okay interesting that's um, important is Boomer 8? yes the Boomers yeah so you have everything you need at this point okay alright there we go that helps you not have to get spoiled should you get cute and want to look stuff up I know oh the
1: internet is a is a scary place they're always trying to spoil shit out me they're like hey you want to watch this Battlestar Galactic video and I'm like no leave me alone
0: <laughs> Awesome. Oof, boy, this is quite the spoiler article I'm on. Let me close that down. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it away. It's going to leak through your microphone into my ears somehow. <laughs> so uh, once again, that's one Cavill, um, two Leoben, three Deanna, who's gone, four Simon, five Doral, six, six, and eight Sharon. Mm-hmm. And uh, the okay. votes are in. Wait, and, what's up, And the votes are in for the, for the Cylons. We've all votes conferred, and the results are in. The fours and the fives have joined the ones. So, four, five, and one is Simon Doral and Cavill have voted one way. Gee, what a surprise. While well, the sixes and eights have voted against it, right? That's it.
1: And what I, I loved, it's so funny, the idea of them voting, because it's even like it's this big shock here when it's revealed that uh, the number eight, who's actually the original boomer, comes out and is on Cavill's side and she cast her vote against them and they're like you cast it against your model that's never happened and i'm like then that is the most hilarious idea of democracy i'm like well there's millions of copies of each of you but you all vote the exact same way almost as a singular unit so there's only eight fucking votes correct (laughs) there's really only eight votes like at the end of the day
0: but that makes sense from a silent perspective and that's what makes this so unprecedented yeah that one even
1: and what's crazy about that too is that yeah in this in this kind of big democracy of technically millions of individuals, even though they're all you know of eight specific models, one person's vote fucking swung the entire thing mm-hmm. You're like wow, that's a weird world
0: they live in what <laughs> a cool i guess yep yeah, but uh there's there's no law forbidding it, sadly, and uh yeah, that's, a- that's that's what Leoban says, and she's like, you guys we can't we can't do this. Because, yeah, what they're voting for right here
1: is to essentially lobotomize the Raiders, uh, mm-hmm. to to do a surgery on them that essentially removes their free will, is what it sounds like. That he, He's like, they have a problem, I'm going to fix it, and they're not going to be concerned with these issues, issues anymore, and they're just going to continue being happy warriors,
0: and that's enough. And this is an important distinction to make about this entire thing, because one thing you have speculated about on with this show is you've always speculated, like, and, and it's something I almost sort of, Bluntly stated, in a, in a in a to 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 sort of highlight the brutality, the, the 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 reality of how brutally efficient the four as we know them could be, should they just decide to kill everyone on a giant tube, right?
1: <laughs> we we talked <laughs> right. about
0: that last week, and it's just like, yeah, of course. Which this decision, this 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 push by Cavill almost as kind of saying we tried to destroy the humans and that's why we need to do it. like we, we, we aren't, we get the impression that that attack was a d- attack designed to win. It seems like at this point in the show, Cavill's still at war with them. He's still, he's still trying to eradicate the humans despite some of the rumblings from the sixes and the eights. Right. Because right, he's saying right. they, they can't otherwise, you know, this, this idea of we had them, uh, they were at the, on the brink, we had that. And then they just, stopped we we can't have that he's he's expressing in other words it doesn't seem like the Cylons that we're getting to see and we're getting to listen in on are are being like oh we tricked them again it's almost you know you don't you know what I mean like there doesn't seem to be this grand conspiracy with the Cylons that we are aware of at this point now whether the the fifth or these four have some other programming from some Cylon God somewhere remains to be seen but you we there's nothing really indicating Cavill didn't want to crush the humans in that last battle, right?
1: That's true. That's a good point. That the, for him, that was a, a massive fuck up by by the Raiders uh that screwed up their plan where they were almost victorious. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's what he keeps coming back to. It's a it's just a problem that we have to fix. It's nothing more. That's right. Um but to six, it's it's taking away Essentially, their free will, which is an attack on kind of all of Cylon free will. Like if we if we can't, mm-hmm. you know, peel away from from your thinking, then it's just this dictatorship of of the the ones. I guess it is.
0: Mm. Well, you know what really rankles my ass? <laughs> <laughs>
1: rankles it. I love it. You know what really rankles my wrinkled ass?
0: Yeah, he's he's basically saying you're you're accusing me of a potential tyr- tyranny, but that's all I'm kind of hearing from you. Mm-hmm. You're the one leading the charge, though, and I love her. Simple, this isn't going to go down the way it is. You think it's going mm-hmm. to? And dude, mm-hmm. she just—I mean, she just Al Caponeses. This is the baseball yeah. bat at the table. This is a shift <laughs> in power, right? <laughs>
1: it's a fucking Cylon Valentine's Day massacre, man. Yeah, line them up, Jesus.
0: He's like, What well, what do you you have no authority to do this? What what's what's going on? Of course, uh, of course, uh Doral and Cavill are like, uh, this this ain't good. And she's like, Well, we're done voting now. So, okay. <laughs> I
1: love how he orders them away and nothing happens, and then she pulls out you know, her little Apple TV remote. <laughs> and she's like, actually. You what's,
0: don't have any ability to command them anymore. She's like, what's crazy is, I was going to kill you guys a little sooner, but I fucking lost this thing in the couch, couch, couch cushions again.
1: <laughs> it's like holding onto a fucking credit card for a remote. It's so annoying. It's ridiculous. Slippery. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you guys would have been there three hours ago, but I had my couch upside down. Crazy, right? <laughs> it was inside of a spring. Can you fucking believe that shit? Why is it so small? And what do you think of this outfit? I think it spells death. <laughs> but um, I, I love... It's not just the the Saint Valentine's Day Massacre or the uh, or the baseball bat at the table scene with Al Capone, because what we are what we are actually hearing is dude a lot oh. of chaos
1: dude that moment that revelation because I, I love how it washes over Cavill's face too yeah. the realization like because at first we you kind of have the same reaction as a viewer that Cavill and even you know Simon and the other dudes do because you're like well. They're Cylons, like they can resurrect. Like is just pointing a gun at them really a threat? But when you start to realize, like, no, she's taken away his authority over the Centurions. He can't command right. them, and she's got that widespread over the entire fleet, which definitely leads you to the conclusion of she has also disabled you from being able to resurrect.
0: Like we're we're talking done. a full military slash assassination coup or gr- uh, uh, coup coup d'état, yeah. as it were. Indeed, this is, like, when you, that
1: moment where you can hear in the distance that like, a gunfire and screams elsewhere, and it comes over a cavalier of, like, oh, shit, this isn't just here, this is, this is the entirety of the Cylon fleet, this is happening. It's Holy wild, shit. man, it is wild. And then, bam, all gunned down. I gotta say, I have to just admit how utterly satisfying it was to see Doral get shredded. It <laughs> like never very, gets
0: sickening, does it?
1: It never gets it old. You can watch it five more times. Like, oh, you smarmy little shit. It's so good to see you just
0: get wasted. Absolutely. Oh, it's Absolutely. Beautiful. And uh, yeah, man, it's but she's got that power. Su- she's got that power suit on, man. She's just like, I know. Go for it. She's got her I'm running for president suit on. <laughs> ah, God bless her
1: powerful so good powerful. dude i had no idea this was coming I never ever would have guessed that there would be this level of of cylon mutiny mm-hmm. among themselves like
0: holy shit i could not believe it man it, it blew my fucking mind it's cool to see a power struggle within the cylon fleet because it makes us wonder what what it it, it makes it, it it almost eliminates a lot of the speculative confusion you can dig yourself into when it comes to this show with the things we haven't seen, because what we have seen is, <clears throat> going back to the president's quote, they made you perfect. Well, Roslin, they made all the skin jobs perfect, which is part of their problem. Part of their mm-hmm. problem in making them perfect was thinking that they were going to have some sort of ability to always exercise control over them, them being this unknown leader or leaders. And when we get a bird's eye view or a fly in the wall in this case, a view of life aboard the Cylon Bay star, we see that as a result of that perfect human replication, that they have all of the human frailties and flaws as well. And that is, they don't always get along. That is, they do have emotional responses to things. That is, they don't always line up morality. Their, their morality doesn't always line up. They don't always make decisions that are consistently ethical. They're not They're not robots in the classic sense of the word. They have somehow exceeded their programming to, to find themselves at odds with each other, which is one of the great ironies and one of the most one of the most masterful things about Battlestar Galactica is these things that feel differently. Because at first you think, oh, they just they it's like the people from V. They're ruthless lizard oh, people yeah. underneath and they're just here to consume us. And they're all in lockstep on that. And that is actually terrifying in and of itself. But but this because of the nuance you wanted in their ability to mimic humanity, you have now also inadvertently given them the free will to maybe go against the things that you wanted them to do originally. And that's what makes this show so fucking awesome. Absolutely. Only being able to go off of what we've seen makes us go, oh, this is simple. They are trying to still eradicate the humans. Some people believe in this a one way and some believe in this a different way. Maybe, maybe six is thinking we can do what you mentioned, Matthew. You speculated, but what if there's an alliance? This this coup d'etat, this coup d'état and this mass assassination might lend credence to that guess, which is her suing for peace. I don't know, but oh, I do know. But um, but <laughs> <laughs> but we know that Cavill wasn't thrilled with them not defeating the colonials. I, I mean, even beside that, you don't want raiders making decisions. You want raiders being the tools he so says they are, which is hilarious hubris coming from one Cavill, number one, who knows that. the the problem that the Cylons had 40 years ago was the precise reason that he has, that that he's doing what he's doing, which is this, we're going to be used as tools. That's, that was you guys, you guys were the slaves to humanity. And now suddenly that sickens you enough to where you launch a a strategic nuclear attack on 12 separate colonies. Yet now you're doing the same thing to the, it's hilarious. They're so perfectly human, pardon my (laughs) rant, that, that they, that, that Cavill fails to see the irony in that,
1: you know? I know. Exactly. It's great, man. That it's you fucking come awesome. Come back to eat yourself just like us. Just like us. You're just like daddy. It's great, man. It's <laughs> fucking awesome. Oh, it's so good. And I mean, I also just all the religious undertones here of, you know, the moment when she's like, we gave the centurions the gift of reason. Mm. And now they're, they are here executing these orders of their own free will. Like they want to do this once they, uh,
0: you know, learned about and understood what you were doing to the Raiders and would likely do to them. Yeah. They, that's, that's, that's absolutely awesome. And and we know outside of head six dealing with Gaius we don't typically see six sort of anytime we've seen six interact with the Cylons on board the Base Stars. It's always been we've never seen f- maybe 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 more with Deanna who was like oh I'm I'm gonna you know shoot me in the head kind of shit. We've never <laughs> really seen overt physical violence between them. It's always been. It's court. It's interesting. You know, it's always like court. It's, it's them. It's medieval intrigue, so to speak. It's like, how can we convince one another through argumentation, debate, or even persuasion or favors to, to do things a certain way or see things our way? We never, they've never, there's never been an overt show of, of force. There's never been uh, coercion. There's never been coercion to get things done. It's always been discussion. And uh, true. And, uh, and the only time we've ever seen six really, I mean, we're slamming guys' head into a mirror, if, if we're to believe there's some sort of control there, where she's like, You're going to see it my way, guys. And in this, we finally see her go, Well, I didn't even have to tell them. I'm not even ordering them. I have, because I'm so good at this, because I'm six and this is my specialty, I have simply persuaded them. That's it. And they're here. A lot here more powerful will- than an order. And they're here willingly to kill you. For the treachery that you were going to visit upon them, because you think they are somehow lesser than you, Cavil, which is hilarious. It what Cavil is experiencing, what those poor people inadvertently experienced when they got vaporized by nukes, which is the <laughs> machines are mad at you because of the way you treated them. Right? It's fucking hilarious, man. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's it's brilliant. It's so good. It's so good. Speaking uh. of faith, why don't we rap on Gaius? Yeah rap on him. So, Seeing
1: Tori in the lunchroom like uh, a lion looking up another gazelle. Oh, man. <laughs> he just
0: can't help himself. yeah. Uh, guy gives him a little ass, right? <laughs> Some guy gives him a little look like, whoa, what bitch? <laughs> yeah, he's still not uh, popular outside of his, uh, his little cult <laughs> too much. He looks like he just got out of his personal plane you know, like with Dude, the way his oh scarf and his jacket is like he just what were you <laughs> fighting the red dashing world war one pilot yeah, yeah. oh i thought we we're gonna catch the red Baron this time but he eluded us again
1: <laughs> just two perfect aces tailing each other
0: <laughs> but yeah he he sits down and you're like all right and what what's your take on terry terry uh terry Tory's spying capabilities um do you, t- do you think not she's good yeah I was gonna say do you think she's played him or do you think that she sort of her resolve just wasn't there i I
1: think it's that I think it's more her resolve isn't there and but funnily enough her awkward kind of like coy shyness is like a kind of attractive to guys he's like ah she's she's this little cute minx like mm. attractive
0: to guys she's fucking attractive to everybody with a goddamn pulse <laughs> it's true <laughs> it's true
1: But I love how even, you know, it's weird to say again, but head Gaius is like, oh, come
0: on. You know what you think of her. And he's like, yes, she's a
1: very sexy lady. Also
0: very slick. I don't know if you caught this, but that is the the same outfit we saw when he was doing his interview back in the miniseries. So at his extreme most arrogant, I'm on top of the world shit on TV shows. Oh man, that's so good. No, I did not catch that. Yeah, it's perfect. It's, you know, if you're going to go with the, when was I, when was life best for me? <laughs> True. <laughs>
1: Rich and famous and on top of a pile of naked ladies.
0: Yeah, it's hilarious. But, uh, you know, she pulls her jacket <laughs> off. She's, she's trying. But, you know, uh, it's funny to, to try to interpret t- Tori. I keep wanting to say Terry. Tori for a minute is really challenging because poor Tori. You know, I just found out I'm asylum like four hours ago. <laughs> and now I'm going undercover in facing my current boss, although probably feels like a million miles away now. A giant political adversary and general thorn in the, our side forever. Yet maybe I've always found him kind of compelling because he's a super genius sort of scientist rock star guy. You know, uh, he, he right. despite what we all thought of him. And and she finds herself at odds with this. Tori is a woman lost in this new identity sent on this really challenging mission. And she's super vulnerable. And she sits across from a guy who say what you want about him is very good with words. He's very persuasive. He's very charming. He has a skill with women and um, it, it doesn't, and it, and it, you know, there's this talk where he charms her and then he's fucking her. She's got, she threw <laughs> that foot right up on his back like a pro. It's been. It, my, I think it's been a minute for Tori, you know. Although she did bang Anders, I think. Oh, did they? Yeah, didn't she? Oh, they are at least making so, yeah. out. But I don't know. Tori's always taking a, taking a solid run at people. I can appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, it's um. It, talk to me about the tears and. In, in the, am I hurting you guys? She's like, what are you, you cry during sex? What?
1: <laughs> well, I honestly, I didn't want to go past. There's that, the moment when they're still talking, um, you know, over like dinner or lunch or whatever, essentially when he approaches her uh, and he's talking about his own like kind of revelation and the way he describes it as a cacophony of, uh, yeah. you know, musical notes that aren't in sync, slowly coming together
0: into this kind of chorus. And that's called, of the, course, that's called the I'm going to have sex with you poetry. Then, We're gonna do it, poetry. That was. She was like, "Wow, he is really brilliant and so talented." That was. That was a beautiful. Oh, what a way oh, oh, it's all slipping off. Oh, there it goes. Plow me, plow me, guys. <laughs> but I'm gonna be. I'm gonna kind of be coy and keep my top on, which is adorable. God bless her. <laughs> but dude, but I, I
1: love how she gets uncomfortable in that moment, though, because it certainly reminds her of her own experience of realizing she's a Cylon, mm-hmm. uh, and I think gives her. Possible. I don't even know how she would feel about it—hope or fear—that he is also the final Cylon, or that he knows she's a Cylon. Like she can't, she can't tell which way that's running, and that's why she just is so uncomfortable. And it's like oh, I have to go. Um, but yeah, the, dude, the tears. So Wait, wait. What
0: you're telling me is that that discussion meant more than it was cute poetry used to get in her pants. Matt, Are you telling me there's a a much cooler? Uh, written in a very professional way, way beyond my monkey fucking interpretation. You mean you're trying to tell me it was deeper than what I was trying to get at? I'm Ronald D. Moore, and this is how you bags them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can appreciate where you're coming from on that, uh, but but yeah, the tears. This Dude, is a, this so- is a very big moment, I think, for Tori. I couldn't tell if that was a
1: lie. I don't know about you because like there's a part of me that thinks that she was just like, Oh, I I always cry. Like, and she just says that to be like, to try and make the moment less weird or or whatever that she was kind of called or noticed on it. Um, But then, but I'm not sure. I mean, how do you feel about that? Like the way
0: she says it, I I can't quite tell. Well, it's, I mean, if we, if we kind of go off of what she says, you know, it's, I, I don't crying while you're having sex with Gaius isn't because you? I don't believe it's because she somehow feels ashamed of doing this to, to spy on him. I, I no, think I the think spying bad, thing no. went right out the window right away. Mm-hmm. I think Tori feels utterly alone and without connection, and that to to to, to have the revelation revealed to you that you're a Cylon, and to have guys describe it so succinctly, and then realize you really have nothing left in this world to have this moment of connection. I think. I think there's a lot going on in her mind when she sleeps with Gaius. Uh, yeah. and I think it has a lot to do with where she is right now, this revelation in her life and and you know and I mean her saying it's something I do during sex I think to your point it was probably misleading and it has more to do with everything else that's going on
1: in her life. Right. Right? Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting, the, the point he makes from that, pointing out, you know, she kind of says it sarcastically, but almost, you know, in truth admitting, like, I, oh, I could be a Cylon, so how, is it really true that I have, you know, a, a bounty of feeling? And he's, he, what I, I think is so interesting about this, and what really you can tell has an effect on her, is when he's like, that wouldn't matter, he's like, Cylons feel, mm-hmm. I spent time among them, Cylons are certain, you know, they, human beings are not the only ones who have
0: the patent on suffering, um, I also and, think in this moment of vulnerability, her saying, I suppose I could be a cylon is almost like the culmination of vulnerability. You you right. are where you are, you find yourself in Gaius's bed, you're having sex with Gaius, and that, you know, the mission was to try to get information from him. And now you're almost saying that that's that's a lifeline. That's that's her wishing she could tell somebody and they would understand and hold her and tell her it's okay. I mean, that's exactly. me speculating, but I truly believe that.
1: I agree. No, I think that's like, it's like her saying 75% of the truth and hiding slight, uh, the rest of it behind a little sarcasm. And you know, being like,
0: well, you know, I could be a Cylon. Tori's not stupid. She knows he spent no. time among Cylons and there's probably a part of her screaming out to wish she could kind of tell him. I, 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 don't, I don't think this is an act from her at all. No, I don't think so either. I think it's more
1: just her. uh, When I was talking about the lie, I thought it was more her, like, being embarrassed herself and to kind of just trying to cover it up of, like, oh, yeah, it's uh, something I always do. Like, you know what? I think that's all part of it.
0: I think it's all, I think it's uh, none of it's mutually exclusive. I think it is a myriad of emotions that are overwhelming her in this moment. And uh, and and she finds herself in this crazy spot. And it,
1: importantly, it ends with him saying that it doesn't matter about whether you're silent or human, and you both can feel because both are made by the one true God. Mm. And she's like, "One God," and he's like, "Yeah, I'm tired of I'm tired of not saying it. Like it's true." Uh, and again, man, I think this is
0: this is horny Jesus spreading the good word about there's only one God. Amongst do, do you the think humans. he's doing that to solidify his position amongst these people, or do you think he's speaking truth?
1: No, I don't think it's some some like Machiavellian. Like I'm, I'm gonna like get into the human society and, and spread this idea. I don't think it's that purposeful or that like conscious. But I think I think in a sense that might be his role in the larger like kind of religious aspect of this whole story. That he's going to be the one who starts to have that influence
0: amongst humanity. Mm. When, when he's talking about spending time amongst them, there's this moment where, and I don't really want to overanalyze this, but, you know, Tori sort of, you know, obviously the crying starts, the sex stops. And when he starts talking about this stuff, she starts to rub her hand on his face. There seems to be this return of intimacy because I think she sees in Guy as potentially somebody who may understand her plight. And, yeah, and uh, who would also not be horrified by the revelation that she's a silent Yeah, on. and they get back to the fucking. And I think exactly. that says something about- well, maybe I kind of like it here. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that I totally agree. I think uh, I think next episode we might see a, <laughs> a lounging Tory hanging out <laughs> in the old Gaius sex den. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, we'll Getting see. Real comfortable. She still works for El Presidente. I know. Can't get too. Can't get too cozy in the opium den. That's right. Well, that uh, that does conclude uh, the episode. I don't think there's anything else we have to talk about. We we sort of hinted at Bill and uh, Bill and. You know, Bill and Rosalind and her basically saying, You got to come to grips with my impending demise. And, you know, just they're, they're, it's funny. That, like you said, they're, they're sort of at each other a little bit in this episode, which is cool to see. Right. But, um, I don't know, man. It's a good episode. Good stuff happened in this one. Oh, it's a damn good episode. Whew.
1: So much happening.
0: Yeah. No, no question about it. Um, which brings us to some listener comments. Uh, there was only a couple this week, but I would like to read, uh, those comments there's yeah, two of them it. um daniel mert says so i'm pretty sure you guys will hit most of the points i find important in this episode but what do you guys think about Bal- baltar's little discussion with himself i think though short it's a great scene and honestly hats off to him for playing two different personalities essentially talking to himself doing talking to himself doing a great job honestly i'd watch that roommate comedy show now that <laughs> we are into the last season i'd love to comment with what I have been thinking during my original watch, but some of it was right, and I refuse to spoil anything from Matthew, but I will say in response to last week, him mentioning that a few people had said they're not super up with the finale, that I personally, here, has the best series finale I've ever seen, and that Whoa. all the people I haven't introduced Shoe, show, none have been down on the innings. so I'll be very interested to hear what he thinks. No pressure. <laughs> I, I added the no pressure.
1: <laughs> so that's
0: pretty cool. I think we kind of covered the, the Baltar self-talk. Is there anything else you want to go into on that? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, he. Uh, it seems like the only thing
1: that the, the head Baltar really says to him is, you know, that she's fragile. Handle her with care, mm-hmm. and obviously, she's special. You can sense it, and she can sense it. Uh, she's I, I special. That she's that's imp-
0: that's pretty insightful, <laughs> <laughs> right? You're fucking but I, I think he's
1: pointing. But point, yeah, I mean, I think that's what he's pointing him towards subtly that she isn't like everyone else. Hint, mm. hint. Do you want
0: to um, read the next comment, uh, Ibe? Yeah,
1: I will read it from Mister J D Ibe. Uh, The president's wet nurse, Starbucks, got the biggest balls out of anybody in the universe. She's got star balls. Saying this shit right to Adama's face, I don't know anybody else that could have gotten away with it, and she barely did. But what she said really got to him, setting him on a struggle between his duty to the fleet and what he believes in his gut. I find Rosalind interesting in her approach to uh, Adama's internal conflict. I know she's dying and it's sad, but is she being manipulative and hypocritical? By playing the role as this prophetic dying leader, which is what she believes in her gut, yet maintaining a stance of what is best for the fleet by heading for the Nebula? I know she has uh, no solid reason to trust Kara, but it doesn't sit well with me when she talks about how she's dying. I almost feel like she said it to make Adama feel sorry for her, as if helping her lead the human race through the Nebula was, part, was a part of her dying wish. I know there's probably more complicated angles to unpack here, but she's not dead yet. She's fighting cancer. I'm glad Adama told her to get out of his head. I think it tipped him over to the real action he needed to take and go with his beliefs. He believes in Starbuck. I got to say Let's man talk about I, it. I pretty much I pretty much agree with uh, JD on that point. I think I think the the interesting conflict in that scene and really the hypocrisy that Starbuck points out in the very beginning of the show is like don't make me out to be like some you know wild-eyed maniac going off on my weird religious hunt. She's like you dragged the whole fleet, uh, you know, and sent me off on a mission based off of visions. Like that it's the same thing and she feels like it's even more concrete. Uh and and I do think the the confidence that Rosalind has in Starbuck being totally wrong is a little unearned. I'm like, why? You just, I mean, you didn't expect anybody, you you were insulted by the idea of being questioned about your visions and your confidence, uh, and yeah, so I, I, think, I think he's right, and I think that's definitely, uh, I think you're right, JD, as far as like what pushes Adama to, at the end of the episode, allow Kara to just go on this mission
0: and go. Yeah. Yeah, that conversation's interesting. Her saying, I'm dying, I, I don't remember the exact contents, con- context in which she said that, other than I know that some part of her saying that was to point out the fact that, you know, she was following Pythia, and it seemed pretty pretty legit as to what that was going. And then when she realized she wasn't dying, I think maybe she was not sure. Now she realized she's dying again, so maybe she's like, well, fuck. Maybe I am supposed to lead the humans, the dying leader, right? And, right. and, and I think her saying that, I don't know if she's trying to elicit sympathy so much as she's just pointing out the fact that this was the way the prophecy has gone. And now it seems like we're right back at that prophecy again. And, um, and uh, yeah, I you know that, that's kind of where we're at. She's talking about how she survived despite crazy odds and, and there's mathematical absurdity to her becoming the president and that suddenly we're back on this thing. And, and right. here we like go. The
1: idea of how how impossible it would be to predict any of this and that fate has kind of led them there,
0: right? Yeah, I don't know if she's using it to elicit sympathy, but but I think that what's fascinating about her stance on this whole thing is her position on this is believe me, believe me because because of ephemeral reasons yet she won't extend the same courtesy to starbuck that's the hypocrisy yeah that's what bugs me that's what bugs me about it and i i
1: don't i don't think i take quite the same view as jd as far as like seeing her bringing up the fact of her dying as purely manipulative i think that's maybe slightly i think that's maybe part of it um but i also think she has this idea of Adama being so clouded by his relationship with Kara that he can't see the truth at times and you know is in denial about certain things. And I think she also, which I think she's actually right about, uh, believes he's in denial of her dying. Like, doesn't want to think about the idea that, no, she is going to probably die. Like, that, that, that he hasn't made peace with that at all, and he's just, you know, denying that it's real.
0: I don't love, one of the things she does I don't love is when he's like, get out of my head. I, I appreciate that, because and she's, uh, she's doing the, uh, I uh, I am making a, a bold assumption as to what you're thinking here. And, right. And I'm going to say, I'm going to spell out everything you think and believe. And why, why, not ask, why not ask me, right? Why, right? why are you telling me what I think? We're sitting here. We have respect for one another. Why don't you ask me what I think? And, exactly. and I'll try to explain it to you. But yeah. And, and he's like, you're afraid that you're not special and you're going to die alone like the rest of us are going to. And I think that was good for her to hear because, uh, because it, it maybe will allow her to open herself up to other ideas. Um, but if there's anything we learn by the end of the episode, is that it doesn't open her up enough to where Adama doesn't go behind her back and set Starbuck loose. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. It's true. Um,
1: Although I did feel really bad for her in that last moment when she a bunch of her hair starts to come out. That's she starts man. to
0: cry. Oh, that was rough. That was sad. But uh, well, next time, Matthew, we'll be talking the ties that bind. Ooh. Is that spelled T I G H tie? No, T I E eh, S. Fucking lame. Eyes That Bind. And uh, we'll, we'll get back to what's going on with everybody and see how everyone's shaping up, see how our Cylon friends are doing, see what, uh, see what everybody's up to these days. But, I can't wait to see the state of the Cylon camp after that. Show. Yeah, we'll be coming back in another week. So yeah, we're, we're back to back and to back in it. And I think we're doing Hell one yeah. more after this before we go back to our alternating weeks thing.
1: But nice.
0: uh, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. And, and uh, this has been a ton of fun. Great discussion. And uh, I guess that's it. Yes, sir. We are going to get out of here, Matthew. So say we all, buddy.